0: Okay, for real, just to set the scene, I am literally sitting on a stool, a bathroom stool, in my closet. And Bryson is outside with a half-eaten cheese roll-up in hand because it's dinner time. This is it. This is hashtag NaptimeEmpiresLife episode one. Eee! This is happening. I'm starting the show with my story, which feels a little weird. Not going to lie, but it was a brilliant idea from my buddy Morgan, which we'll get into when we actually get into the conversation. But basically this episode is Morgan McDonald interviewing me and just picking my brain and asking me questions about how I've built my own Naptime Empire. Which, to be honest, highlight reel sounds pretty spectacular. So in just over, well actually it was just under three and a half years, I generated over a million dollars in revenue. And to be honest, the cool and crazy thing about that is I have no idea where the next million is going to come from because I am in a very seriously transitional biz puberty phase, and we can totally talk about that more in a later conversation. But in the meantime, in this episode and in this conversation, you're going to get the rundown of what made that possible and how I got to this point from Park Ranger slash part-time adjunct faculty making paychecks of the heart, i.e. not a comma in sight. So specifics of what you're going to hear in this one, you may have already heard my story or maybe this is your first time meeting me in that case. Thank you for taking time to spend time with me today. Either way, here's what's in store. First of all, nitty gritty details of how I launched my service based business back in 2013 while momming a toddler with two part time jobs, the surprising truth and story behind making over twenty one thousand dollars in my first six weeks of business, and like I said, why it doesn't actually matter right now, <laughs> transition wise. The biggest blocks I had each step of the way and how I moved through them, what creating an online course made possible for me, and my biggest mistake regret in that whole process. How what I enjoyed the least about a brief stint in network marketing back in grad school is now one of my favorite perks of my current business. My field proof two-step launch plan, my vision for Naptime Empires and what's next. The heart of the message that I hope to get through to you through this podcast, through a course about copy, through however we're connected, through the magic of the internet. I hope that hearing my story helps you feel encouraged, inspired, and Less alone, you know, whatever it is that you have that twinkle in your eye or maybe you're like me a few years into your business or maybe you're in a weird transitional phase. I'm sharing this in hopes that it lights some kind of spark in you to let you know that if I can do this, the potential is in there for you to do this. And whatever you see in here in my story is just reflecting back to you what's possible for you. So I hope that's what you take away from this. I also want you to know there are links galore Over at NaptimeEmpires.com. So if you click the podcast tab, then you'll see the show notes for this episode and for all episodes. Go there, because I've got all kinds of cool, fun, and embarrassing links to show you. It's kind of like business braces (laughs) if you go back and look at what my site looked like back in 2013. And again, this is really just chapter one of my business. I have so much more I would love to share with you, but I got to know what you want to know. So that's another thing. When you get over to naptimeempires.com, tell me, what would you like to hear more of? We can connect in our... Facebook group, the Naptime Empires Playground, and you can literally just tell me, like, what is interesting to you about this story? What would you like for me to go deeper on? Tell me, dude. I'm here for you. All right. That's all I got to say about that. Enjoy the conversation. All right, Morgan, this is a special moment because you were actually my very first Naptime Empires conversation at the time that we're recording this. It's not live yet. It lives in my Dropbox, but I know that I want to be able to share my story. And you were the one who gave me that idea. You were like, so is somebody going to interview you? Is somebody talk to you? So thank you for that idea. And thank you for joining me today to help pull out my Naptime Empire story.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Nikki, and letting me interview you. I think this is going to be a really great sort of foundational first episode because we want to know more about Nikki Elledge Brown and the vision for Naptime Empires. I think this is going to be a really great conversation.
0: Yes. All right. Well,
1: take it away then. What should we talk about? All right. So we can start with just painting the picture of your life. So let's start with, you know, what does your family look like and when did the business come along?
0: All right. So right now, currently in present day, we've got myself, my husband Jeremy, who's in the Navy, and we have two little guys, Bryson, who's five, and Deacon, who at the time we're recording this is about ten and a half months, almost eleven months. And I started my business when Bryson was eighteen months old. And At the time, so we live out here in Hawaii currently. That'll be different. This time next year, we'll be back in Texas after about a decade out here. But Jeremy and I, to go way back, we're like middle school sweethearts. So we literally met and started going out at the age of 13, so like 18 years ago. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: And then Bryson was born literally exactly 13 years to the day. From when 13-year-old Jeremy asked 13-year-old Nikki, will you go out with me? To R. Kelly's Gotham City in the (laughs) middle school gym. (laughs) So anytime my husband's driving me crazy, I'm like, all right, well, obviously we were meant to be because my water broke early and Bryson was born on our anniversary, which is also our wedding anniversary too. So that's our kind of super, super brief family. We had some time apart and blah, blah, blah. But Jeremy and I have been together for most of our lives. And then Bryson joined the party five years ago. And so Jeremy's in the Navy. So when we got married, I had just finished grad school in Fort Worth, TCU, had got my master's in communication studies, and then we got married in October of 2008. So when I moved out here to join him, I was kind of like, "Uh, okay, what am I going to do? I was teaching. At the time, I was facilitating courses for University of Phoenix because I love teaching and I taught throughout grad school and I always wanted to keep my finger on that when I moved out to Hawaii in case I wanted to teach at a local community college. And it was 2008 and weird. And when I moved out here, I just wasn't sure what the job market would be because it was 2008, October of 2008. It was just, you know, an interesting time to be looking for a job. So for my first few years here, I was kind of just taking what I call paychecks of the heart. I worked at a marketing company for about a year and then eventually somehow found a nice way to say I'd rather make no money than to continue making money doing what I'm doing. Cause it was like inside sales and it was just kind of like down in my soul. I was just like, this is not what I want to do. I miss people. And that's how I ended up over at the Pearl Harbor visitor center volunteering for the national park service. Cause when I went to visit there on my 25th birthday and met a Pearl Harbor survivor, I was like, this is really cool. I would love to just spend more time here and interact with people And so that began a three-year journey, and Bryson and the business all came along in the midst of that. And at the beginning of 2013, Jeremy was about to be heading across the country for seven months for training in Connecticut, and Bryson was, you know, super toddler. Cool, easy, chill guy, but still a toddler, and I had never actually done the real, like, your husband's not here thing with the baby, because he had been on short duty the whole time. So I chose my word of the year as Faith. And I decided to actually wake up before the baby monitor jolted me to consciousness and start taking some quiet time every morning. And when I did that, that's when I started to learn and realize and notice what I call these divine breadcrumbs that had always been leading me to this path that I never noticed. You know, like the communication background and the park ranger stuff and the inside sales stuff and just like little, this golden thread through all of these different seemingly random jobs and the teaching and all of that had been leading me to a path. And I felt like God was knocking me on the head to say, all right, I gave you a gift for connecting and telling stories and communicating. Not everybody has this, so you can choose to listen and do something with it or you can ignore me, but it's not going away. And that's when I started to explore starting a business to help people with communication back in
1: 2013. Wow. And did you have like a moment when you were like? I do want to start a business. Like I want to be an entrepreneur or was it more of a gradual process?
0: It was kind of a, I mean, I remember like back when I was really little, I would sell at my dad's office because my dad is an entrepreneur, but it still wasn't something that I was really thinking of. I do remember like drawing, pictures and then selling them to my dad's, like people who worked in my dad's office for like five cents. or a now I had a Mary Kay business in grad school. And it's funny because the thing that turned me off about that eventually, like I was doing really well, but you know, most people can't even say they break even when they dive into a multi-level marketing when they're just like, well, sure, this sounds fun. I was doing well, but I didn't like that. I couldn't turn it off. That I could never like stop looking at people as potential customers. And that to me was like, I just wasn't ready for it at that point in my life because I wanted to be able to turn it on and off. Now that's actually one of my favorite things about being an entrepreneur because I get to choose when I turn it on and off. And that way I can be flexible around you know, school drop-offs and nap times and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't necessarily that I always thought I was going to have a business, but I guess there were, again, those little tiny divine breadcrumbs and when it was really game time and I was actually getting started, I wasn't sure actually if, at first if it would be a business. I thought maybe it would be a blog, like a different blog, because at the time I was blogging, just sharing stories. I literally called it stories from a screensaver. And I was just writing stories about our life out here. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do that, but maybe without .dot com, or if I was going to write a book, like I want to write a book on son and mother communication. Like there were so many things, but it was just, okay, pick one and go with it. And that's when I was like, okay, what can I do to help people that they would actually be willing to pay me money for? And then that's when communication and copy ended up, you know, taking over the next three years of my life.
1: (laughs) So you had all these ideas kind of bubbling around, you know, blog book, like I know that I'm called to do something, but I don't know what, what was your next like big step where you really felt like you were walking down the path to whatever this big thing was going to be? I mean, did you get a domain name or, or what, what did you do next?
0: Yeah. And I'm very thankful actually to 2013 me for not overthinking it because I know now how easy it is to just stay stuck in the information overload where, because I do remember I was going around and I was reading all of the things, you know, and exploring. And I remember listening to my cousin, Dave told me about Pat Flynn. And so I was listening to some of his podcasts and I've been on his podcast and Michael Hyatt and Natalie McNeil, who is now a dear friend of mine. I remember posting a comment on one of her blog posts and I was like freaking out like, Oh, okay. I want to help people with communication. What do I do? Do I need a certificate? Do I need to become a life coach? Like I literally was just doubting everything. I had almost 2000 hours of college level teaching experience, but I was still not sure I could help people. You know, I knew I could help college students and people, technically someone's paying that right. Their tuition. But I just was going through all these doubts that I know now it's like, totally typical expectant pattern. That's what everybody goes through. And I remember commenting below one of her blog posts and I love that it. it's still there because it's like a time capsule. And I was freaking out. And she just read, she didn't know me from Adam at the time, but she read and I was like, you know, master's degree and teaching experience and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you are absolutely qualified. And she gave me some ideas on structuring my first free sessions. And so that's what I did. I bought NikkiElledgeBrown.com I set up a super basic, super basic splash page with an opt-in box basically. And I started offering free sessions to a group. There were, you know, there's all kinds of Facebook groups for entrepreneurs now. So I was in a Facebook group that had a bunch of entrepreneurs and I was saying, I wanna help you with communication. I'm gonna offer 10 free sessions in, in exchange for your your feedback, you know. And so I know I may not be able to get to everybody. So if I don't actually choose you for one of the ten free sessions, I'd love to answer one of your questions, you know, so just tag me in Facebook and whatever. And then I had, I think 30 something that ended up replying and I ended up saying, well, all right, I might as well do more than 10. So I ended up doing 24 free 30 minute sessions with people. And so many of them ended up being paying clients and now are even in a course about copy and some I've met in real life. So that's how the adventure all got started was just that decision to make the decision like, yes, I am. I am qualified and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start and see where it goes from there.
1: That takes some guts to like block that time in your calendar for free sessions when Bryson is 18 months old and you're still working as a park ranger, right? Yes. Yeah. When the heck did you do these free sessions? (laughs) Yeah. He was in school.
0: He was, I mean, in school, he was in a in-home daycare two days a week at the time from six months on because most of the park ranger stuff had been able to be switched to working from home, see, like manifesting. And again, I was like creating my own and making my own choices because I was like, well, I don't have to work. That's a huge blessing, I realized and a privilege to not have to work. It was bonus. And so I wanted to work. I enjoyed what I was doing for the park service, but after a while, I was able to actually do it mostly from home because I was doing stuff like coordinating school groups And updating our website and creating our new junior ranger program and all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't literally need to be like at the front desk, passing out tickets, which had been my job, you know, like actually out being an interpretive ranger and connecting with the visitors face to face. So a lot of my work was online at that point from once Bryson was born, but I would still go into the park at least once a day. And then I would still obviously need dedicated time to do that work. So I bumped it up when I started my business to where he would go in three days a week, for the in-home daycare. And then I would just, I literally would just take the entire day basically to do those free sessions. Cause I did them all in a span of like three weeks. It was the end of March, beginning of April, 2013. And I remember after the first call, she was like, it was Deb. Hey Deb. And she was like, okay, so how do I pay you? You know, like she wanted to book a session for real. And I was like, uh, I don't know. That's a great question. And I was so tempted to freak out about all of it. Jenny, she S H I H we can link to her in the show notes. I was reading all of her stuff too. And so before I even started my free sessions, I had seen Jenny's post on killer testimonials and eight questions to ask people. And so before I even set up these free calls with people, I let them know I was going to be asking them these eight questions Afterwards to get feedback so that I could decide and shape what my actual offers would be So they all knew that ahead of time and that was huge because it was mutually beneficial and they knew that up front Like they gave me feedback in the beginning And then I looked through everybody's answers to see who would I have the most fun working with right because it's all about dream clients And so then I reached out and had my little time trade scheduler 49 bucks a year and I remember I specifically remember being in the kitchen because My desk was basically in the kitchen, like in the dining room. And Jeremy was in the kitchen. And I was like, "Uh, my it ran out after five free bookings. And so it was decision time. Like I had to pay for the scheduler for $49. I was like, Jeremy, should I do this? Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay $49. Eek! You know, like I was panicking about that one expense. And I did that. So then I booked all the sessions and I knew I'd be following up to get feedback. And that feedback ended up being priceless because having – almost 20 testimonials before I had a paid offer to put out there offered such great social proof to people who didn't know me from, you know, the so-and-so the next tab over.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I love like how you, I mean, basically how you started was the perfect way to make space for a paid service because it's like, okay, I know I can figure out that I want to help entrepreneurs, so narrow down on your niche, right? And I can help them with copy. Okay. And so now I will find a place where I can offer them free sessions, hack all the free sessions into like a small space of time and get every one of them to give me a testimonial because I'm gonna give them such value. They're gonna to wanna to at least they'll probably write me an email, so why not write yeah. <laughs> question, you know, answers to these questions. And then use them for testimonials on your website when you actually roll out the paid offer. It's like genius. Like,
0: well, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that I was going to be helping them with copy because I, 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 didn't even know copywriting with a W was a word until a few months before this. Like, so I'm never one to say copywriting is my specialty communication and connection and connecting words and people. That is my specialty. Copy is one slice, you know, and really honestly, I mean, that could be a whole different discussion. But I was just trying to figure out okay, I have a skill set of communication. And yes, if I want to do a business, then that means I need to be able to make money from it. So who's going to actually pay? Because anybody can benefit from help with communication, anybody but who's actually going to pay for it. So that's what I started. And I literally had a bullet point, like a list. These are all the things I can help you with. And I'm sure I still have it in my email, but like public speaking or awkward conversations, or what are you putting on social media? And then people just kept saying, copy, copy, copy. The pattern was so clear from the very beginning that they made it really easy for me to figure out where I needed to focus to start. And so that's all I did. And I didn't know that they would love it. I didn't know they would be like, oh, uh," like the feedback. I didn't know the feedback would be so great. Of course, I was hoping that, but I didn't know. But it was absolutely the easiest, lowest barrier possible way to get started for sure, because then it ended up exploding the next month. I mean, really. What
1: happened the next month?
0: (laughs) So I did the three sessions and then a week or two later, I put it out in this Facebook group that I was going to create an offer for them, but I didn't even know what it was. I remember talking, that was on a Monday and I remember talking to my sister Stacy on the phone that day being like, so what should my offer be? I don't even know. And what am I going to do? So I decided to offer a one hour session for $199. And for this span of time, I think it was like 10 days. It was like my first launch, but I I didn't know this at the time, but it was my first launch. So I said $199 for an hour and then a bonus 30 minute follow-up session. And so... That was going to be the deal for like 10 days. And again, I had my basic com, and we can link to the pages where I have screenshots of what com looked like at the time. It was a maintenance mode plugin. My cousin had hooked up for me. And when the maintenance mode plugin updated, my picture didn't update. So there was like an X on it. But I had been... In this group, sharing, adding value, connecting with people. And I again, I literally had nothing to sell. So you know I wasn't going in there trying to be like, let me go add value so that I can sell people on stuff, which is a very common approach these days. But at the time, in 2013, that was not a thing. I mean, there were a few people doing it, but I was literally just going in and connecting with people. So when I offered these free sessions, they were paying attention. When I had these testimonials to share, and people would go in and tag and talk about the experience with me, then the buzz started building. And so I ended up over 750 subscribers in like a month. And this paid offer, I, d- I didn't have a website, right? I just had the splash page. So I didn't have a work with me page, but I would email people through my MailChimp, like the reply, I guess, whenever they would opt in was what my offer was. And so it was this one ninety nine with the bonus, 30-minute session. So it was basically my first work with me page in the form of an email. So I have actually a, a beyond the site workshop where I literally include all of that and kind of walk through all the steps of what I included. I think it's the Dreamails workshop. So I can link to that eventually in the show notes as well. But basically... I was just telling people what I had to offer them. Again, I didn't realize it at the time, but this was the beginning of the Work With Me page recipe that's in a course about copy. But I was just telling them like how I could help and exactly what to expect. And a lot of it was exactly what I used in the free sessions, letting people know what to expect. And I had over 70 people sign up in that 10-day span. And then they kept coming and kept coming. So eventually, it was over $21,000 in revenue in my first six weeks of business. Wow. Which is like, I mean, still to me, I'm like, I feel like that was a mic drop where it was divine. Like, yes, thank you for finally taking a step in the direction. I know that's not a normal, that's not a normal story. Right. But I feel like that's why, I mean, sometimes it is that crazy and wild of a ride where it's like, thank you for finally taking a step in faith And stepping up to do something that you actually have felt a pull to do and it may not come in the form of money it may come in the form of impact and just pure life satisfaction but I remember thinking I know I'm just rattling on but I guess here's my story that earlier that year we had sold my jeep my black beauty my 98 jeep grand cherokee my first car we sold it and I didn't feel good about selling it and just like selling it because I'm like, she's priceless. I'm not (laughs) one to be attached to things, but I was really attached to it. So we decided to donate the Craigslist. I mean, we seriously got the asking price for a, at the time, 10 plus year old car. Like when does that ever happen? Again, divine connections. And so we donated it to build a well in Uganda with this organization at the time that was called Holden Uganda. And I remember whenever I was starting my business, I was like, okay, cool. If we could give 10%, then say I make $20,000 in my first year. Cause at the time it was like $2,000, $2,200 or so to build a well through this organization. And so I thought, okay, cool. What if in my first year of business, I make $20,000, then we can build a well. And instead it was two months.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, That's amazing. That's amazing. it was wild. Okay, so how long did you work with one-on-one clients and what did you feel like was sort of bubbling up for you? Like what kind of challenges or we could even talk like limiting beliefs, like what kind of stuff was coming up for you while you were building this one-on-one client base while being a mom, (laughs) while having maybe even still a part-time job for part of it? Yeah, I can look back and see now the blessing
0: in it was that I was so busy that there wasn't time to be freaking out and doubting and letting all the limiting beliefs creep in really like it was kind of a pure magical time where I just was like, I literally had enough time between momming and doing the two part-time jobs, which the park service rolled out. I was pretty much done with that by July and my university of Phoenix, my last classes, I think they ended in May. So, you know, they were tapering off cause I quickly realized, Oh, wait a second. I love, you know, those other jobs are great, but now I actually just created my own dream job that I never knew that I could create where I can facilitate those light bulb moments and I can get the benefit of what I love teaching, you know, and like I'm in a Google Doc with someone and I'm helping her see how she's perfectly capable of writing her own stuff and reaching and teaching in just a different way and being of service, you know, and being able to give, like, it was just, it was cool for me to see how I could create that. So I didn't have time to freak out because I did have all those plates spinning, but I did know that there was just a finite amount of time. I mean, literally that first summer of May, June, and July, I worked with a hundred people in that one summer, one-on-one. So one-hour sessions. Oh, and I should clarify this in case people are wondering, like, how the heck did you do all that. When no, so exactly what I was wondering. That <laughs> yeah, when so many people took me up on that offer, I was like, "Oh poop, I can't do that many 30-minute sessions. I can't I was not expecting anywhere near 70 people to take me up on that one, you know, that limited time offer of the bonus 30-minute session." So I offered, of course, I was going to fulfill it if anybody wanted it, but I had another client who she was like, "Well, what if you just reviewed our copy, you know, so instead I offered them the option. I would happily do a live 30 minute session if they wanted it or after a one hour session, they could do whatever they were going to do and then send me two pages of copy. And then I would style it up, you know, like kind of go through and edit and just kind of clean it up. And so thankfully all but a handful took me up on that. So I didn't even end up having to deliver. So that's just a side tip. If you're going to offer a bonus, make sure it's scalable, if you're not putting a cap on it, that was a lesson learned really quickly. So when all those 70 plus people signed up, they were signing up to work with me through August. You know, it wasn't like, okay, they all signed up in April and I was working with them in April, but I signed up those 70 people. And then, like I said, there was a lot more on the tail end of that. Whenever I ended up bumping up my prices and, Because there's literally there's only so much, right? Supply and demand. There's only so much time. And then obviously, by working with more and more people, you get more and more experience and more efficient at what you're doing. And so I worked with a hundred people in that first summer, because then Jeremy was leaving, right? That was the whole point. That was when I chose the word faith, because he was going to be leaving, and I knew that our schedule was going to be a lot less predictable because we were going to be traveling to be able to go see him. We were going to go to Texas for some points and go to visit him in Connecticut at some points. And I knew I wasn't going to have predictable child care help and all of that. So that's when I started kind of slowing things down. I raised my rate at the time in August, 2013, I raised it to 499 and people were still, I remember when someone bought that and I was like, are you serious? Like my friend Brie was like my Jiminy cricket. She's like, yes, you're worth it. You're getting great value. I had one client who paid 199 and then the next week ended up getting $24,000 in sales from wow. either six or four. It was either six times 4,000 or four times 6,000 of like six month coaching packages that she had sold from the work with me page that we worked on together for 199 So I was like, okay, there's definitely wow. a lot of value here that I'm giving people. So I had to work through that stuff and having friends who believe in you more than you do and can kind of hold that space for knowing and seeing the real tangible value that you're giving people. Because we're all priceless, right? I mean, charging what you're worth, it's like not really a thing because we're all priceless, divine, special beings, you know. But in terms of really getting clear on the value you can offer, that was something that I kept struggling because even 199 was like, ah. And then just a few months later, I was up to four ninety nine. dollars and then I was eventually by October that year closing the queue altogether so that I could work on what we now know is a course about copy.
1: So, yeah, let's talk about that transition period because I think businesses are really interesting. And as moms, we're always kind of looking for okay, my family is changing, you know, my kids in a new like phase or adding another kid or something's always changing in our family. And I think our businesses have to change with them. And so, kind of like, okay taking the little like Polaroid picture of Nikki Elledge Brown, you know, end of summer, you've got now nearly two-year-old Bryson and you've got a one-on-one client in business and you're thinking, okay, we're going to be traveling. <laughs> so maybe this business model is not perfect. How do you decide to shift your business model at that time? Like what do you start thinking about or considering or researching for how to bring in revenue in a different way?
0: It's so weird to be literally going back to this time in my brain right now because I'm thinking, man, that's when I ended up signing up for David Seitman Garland's Create Awesome Online Courses because, yes, I had created college courses from scratch, but I had never created courses for my business, for this kind of crowd where people would be paying for it. I mean, again, people were paying for the courses, but they weren't paying me directly. They were paying tuition. They were paying TCU or the public college wherever I was teaching. That's when I ended up signing up for create awesome online courses, just because I did not want to have that excuse in my head of like, yeah, but I don't know how to do it for this. And I really liked David's style and I'll link to his free training and everything in the show notes. Cause I know lots of people, I mean, thousands of people love his style too, but I love that he was allergic to overcomplicating things and he really wanted to keep things simple. And so that's what I bought it. But then I sat on it and I remember actually it was right. It was that August when we went, cause my friend Ashley was getting married in the Czech Republic. So I literally had create awesome online courses and I was like going through the train, like through the hillside in Europe traveling and I was watching and listening to some of the modules and just kind of letting it sink in. But then resistance set in cause I could, I let it sink in. Like I said, once I finally slowed down, that's when all the limiting beliefs started to fly on in and creep on up. And I knew I wanted to create a course because I wanted to be able to scale and help more people because I thought also I'm building this business, but it's completely dependent on me, which again, logistically doesn't work for a childcare situation sometimes And also like, what if this is morbid, but I'm like, what if I die and then I'm building this and it's really exciting for my family, but then when I'm gone, it's gone. So what about creating an asset that could actually help Jeremy and Bryson if I did go, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And honestly, that was part of my thought process. Is like, how can I document all of this stuff that's between my ears from these hundreds of hours of working with people one-on-one and put it into something that can be helpful to people, whether or not I'm actually there to deliver it. And that's what got the gears turning for the course. And then I finally, towards the end of the year, it was actually this time of year, November time when my friend Amber McHugh does her planathon, And I remember setting the goal that I wanted to make six figures by the end of my first year. So I wanted to go over $100,000 in revenue by the end of my first year. And I knew that the only scalable possible way for me to do that, if I couldn't do one-on-ones, was to create the course. So that's what I did.
1: Wow. Okay. So you had David Seven Garland's course, which I went through also and loved. And you got that like in the fall and kind of went through all of the modules and was kind of like stinging and simmering and thinking about it. And then November, you set this big goal. And then when do you actually pull the course together?
0: It was like, I remember sitting down with Amber and I actually paid for a strategy day with, or a call. I can't remember what, it was like a few hours that I jammed with Amber and we made a 90 day plan for getting my course together and then I ended up procrastinating and I joked that it was like, ended up being a 45 day plan. Cause I really didn't start, really start into it probably till January. Cause again, we were back and forth and traveling between Texas and Connecticut and my grandmother passed away. There was like all kinds of stuff going on, which is life, right? I mean, that's life. That's the naptime empire's life. Stuff is happening. So if you're committed to building the empire, you make the choice to make it work however you need to. So I ended up crunching it kind of all together and I literally was, this is why it's the now infamous when I was recording my about page recipe video propped up on a suitcase in the bathroom slash closet of the Navy Lodge in Groton, Connecticut, because I was literally recording the videos for my free training series before the first launch of the course about copy, some in Texas and then some parts of it. Once I actually got to Connecticut, the voiceover part and everything. And that's where my cart opened. I was just like, total procrastination station, but making it happen at the very end. And I sold it before I actually created it, which I don't recommend and David doesn't recommend, but I sold the founding members, the founding members of a course about copy over 50 of them. And I hadn't even recorded less than one. I had it all outlined. So it wasn't like I was totally creating it from scratch. And again, it wasn't beta content because it was basically exactly what I had helped my one-on-one clients with, but just in a way more structured streamlined and scalable format because it was for every page of their site, not just one page that I might work on with someone. It was like, okay, I've worked on all these pages with people. Let me look back and see what are the recipes, what are the common denominators, what was most helpful and put it in one spot. And so ultimately that's what ended up going into the course.
1: And the course has been like pretty darn successful by (laughs) any way you measure it. So you've been doing the course from, I guess, beginning of 2014 and a course about copy is still running. So what are some of the major like lessons or challenges or just, I don't know, things that you feel like you've been meant to learn since running a course about copy?
0: I had so much fun at the beginning when again, like my founding members and some of those founding members, I mean, Laura, Tamsin, Christy, they've all been on this podcast, right? Like they're some of my very best friends. And I can't remember when Shalon joined. There were just, there were so many people that I've met through a course about copy. And this speaks to the testament of dream clients and dream customers, because then they can end up being some of your very best friends. Because when you show up as you are, then you're attracting people who are totally down with you that way and really appreciate you being that way. So that to me has been more than the money that's been one of the biggest gifts of a course about copy. It's also been amazing because with the money, a piece of it, we have been able to fund an entire school in Santa Marta, Guatemala that has a plaque on the outside, you know, that it's dedicated to the dream students of Santa Marta with love from me and the, of course, about copy family. That is amazing. There's so many cool ripple effects. When you create a course, when you're doing work that you feel called to do, because You just helping one person then helps them do whatever it is that they're doing and however they're being of service in their own communities and even in their families, right? Even like one good call with a girlfriend can really help lighten up her entire household for the day, right? Because it just lifts her spirits. And so that to me has been kind of the coolest benefit the people side and the lifelong impact piece that you can't really measure but you hear people sharing their stories of oh my gosh I did this and I made five sales in the first day or okay I I finally get it after three years or however long of trying to communicate what I actually do I'm finally clear on it and seeing the connections then and the friendships that other people have made in the community in our study hall group for example like that to me is totally priceless. And it's been interesting because I don't know. I don't know where it's headed next. I don't know. I know that it can help people. So I don't want to like shut it down. But obviously with Naptime Empires, like they're right. There's only so much focus that I can give to any particular project. So I do feel called to explore whatever's next, but it's still there. And I'm still thankful to it because it's always going to be the foundation of my own Naptime Empire. Like it's been my learning, my learning ground, my own, entrepreneurial education and trial by fire in this whole online marketing world.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think a course about copy made possible for you? Like once you really got, you know, all the content recorded and you're like, okay, we're going to you know, do this again, launch it again. Like once you got this business model established, what do you think that made possible for you?
0: It's been so much because it just blew the lid off. I mean, even the one-on-ones though, like that just blew the lid off of possibilities that I never had even dreamt were possible for our family. Like the fact that Jeremy's going to be getting out of the Navy and I don't know exactly right now where my business is headed, but I know we can figure it out because now I know how to make money, you know? And it's literally just a matter of following people would always be like, who's your launch coach or who's your launch strategist? And I'd be like, I get the hunch and I do the work. And when I follow those two steps, that's when the magic happens. All the best stuff, most successful, most profitable things that I've ever done in my business have been when I get the hunch and then I do the work. So I'm open to the divine inspiration and then following. And of course it's, there's so many more layers to that, but that's ultimately to me what it's been about. Like there are so many lessons in there about really the most valuable pieces in every respect, most valuable, like literally valuable and figuratively valuable have been whenever I've actually been just following my gut. And so it's kind of just been my training wheels and my practice to be able to do that. And it's about scalable service too. Like it's just shown me what's possible. It's literally introduced me to so many people. It's given me a platform to, connect with so many more people and meet them where they are because I feel like, yeah, you may come in for the conversational copy cheat sheet. You may come in to learn how to write great copy that sounds like you or how to write without sounding like or sell, without feeling like a manipulative cheese ball or whatever the things are that I have. But ultimately once you come in, you come into my world, then you realize that my ultimate message is really just about trusting that you are enough just as you are. And that's a message that absolutely carries through to Naptim Empires because it's so much pressure that we want to put on ourselves to feel like we have to be a certain way, whether it's in business or in the carpool lane or when you're at a school function with your kiddos or whatever. And the thing that I get most excited about now and even when I was doing those one-on-one sessions is getting to the bottom of the Google Doc, the figurative Google Doc, and being like, man, you have so much value to offer. Let's go tell people about it. Mm-hmm. So that's the big part of that's it for awesome. me.
1: We can't forget about Baby Deacon. <laughs> so at some point, mm-hmm. all right, Deacon comes in. What happened like to Nikki entrepreneur when Nikki becomes mom of two boys?
0: Yeah, and you know there were two miscarriages in between Bryson and Deacon too. So in 2014, in early 2014, I had a chemical pregnancy. It was May, and then October we. had a miscarriage that was due to, it's called triploidy. I'll link to that blog post so that if you're listening and you've gone through that and you may find comfort in reading someone else's story, then I'll link to that blog post in the show notes that you can find my miscarriage story there. Because Deacon is definitely our rainbow baby and he is so freaking precious. Oh my gosh. He's like, both of my guys have been so easy and I'm very thankful that they've both taken it very easy on me in terms of like just general temperament like they're just pretty chill dudes. And so I'm very thankful that my pregnancies, both with Bryson and with Deacon, I didn't even get sick, which i am you may want to like reach through your earbuds and slap me because you're like, stop, don't even say that. But truly, it was just such a great pregnancy and it's TMI, but I've shared it before, so I might as well share it here, that with Deacon, because thankfully getting pregnant has not been an issue. We did have that chemical pregnancy and then the triploidy, it's actually, it's basically the it's three sets of chromosomes. It's the super rare abnormality that it's not something that we would ever fear would repeat again. Like it's completely random. And so I, when Jeremy was going to be deploying in 2015 after this miscarriage, I was like, well, I don't want to try again. Cause what if we do get pregnant and then I'll be pregnant the whole time that you're gone for your six or seven month deployment and all the workups around that. But then again, TMI, but bef- the night before he left for his deployment in 2015, I was like, you know what? I had noticed I started to feel resentful when I would see other people talking about trying and getting pregnant and whatever in 2015. Cause I was like, wah, wah, I'm not even going to be able to try for another mm-hmm. however many months until my husband's home from deployment. And I started to notice that, like that it was bothering me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why am I imposing that own block? Like, why am I putting that in the way? And so literally the night before he left, I was like, you know what? Who are we to micromanage? What if God wants to give us another little one sooner rather than later? And then Jeremy left for deployment that next day. And two weeks later, I took a pregnancy test just for kicks because I had been really, really sleepy. And I took this pregnancy test because it was going to expire while he was gone. So I was like, I might as well. I don't want to just throw them away. And then it was positive, and I just was like, what? And so – yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Deacon was our deployment deployment gift, and I couldn't even tell Jeremy until I was nine weeks pregnant because when he left for deployment, they went straight out on mission, which means no communication whatsoever. So when he popped up in Malaysia, <laughs> Bryson and I had an ultrasound picture to show him as we were FaceTiming on the iPad. So Deacon's pregnancy was interesting because Jeremy was gone most of the time. So it was me and Bryson, and we spent the summer in Texas hanging out with family I had what I call the trimester of awesome. That's when I ended up working with Todd Herman in the 90 day year. I ended up hiring him like working at the VIP level of the 90 day year so that I could connect to Todd one-on-one. And I had a kick ass second and third trimester of that pregnancy where I was just like really blowing and going with it. And I can link to those blog posts below too of just like making stuff happen and then like being too big for my britches, because then I was (laughs) promising things for after Deacon got here that I was not able to follow up on once Deacon was here. I was just a little optimistic (laughs) at the end of 2015. And then when he actually got here, I just felt like super disconnected from my business. So that could be a whole nother conversation, but I felt like it was a postpartum separation or depression with my business in a sense, because I just wasn't attached to it. I didn't want to look at it. It was just hard for me to muster up anything and I couldn't for some reason at the time I couldn't give myself the space to just be okay with that and be like well it's okay because then Jeremy had to leave again so Jeremy got home I was 30 weeks pregnant we moved into this house he was home for a few months and then he left again for another half deployment when Deacon was three weeks old and so looking back even now I'm like dude you could give yourself a little bit of a break but and people were telling me that consciously and I'd be like I know I know but I know but I know but And I'm like, no, seriously. And that's, again, where Naptime Empires really started to be like, okay, this is something I need to do because we all need to remind ourselves that, no, seriously, you can give yourself a little bit of a break for this window of time. It's okay to take what you need and to take care of you and to not be so hard on yourself that you have to do all the things all the time at one time.
1: Let's talk about Naptime Empires. (laughs) So this is, I mean, this is, The podcast that's sort of kicking off the conversation, but what's your vision for Naptime Empires, both the podcast and then beyond?
0: It's taking shape little by little. I can't remember when the name Naptime Empires popped into my brain, but it might have even been 2014. I know for sure it was 2015 because by the end of 2015, I was working with our buddy Tamsin and I was like, okay, let's get the trademark stuff going because I'm going to want to start talking about it. I know I'm going to want to start talking about it. So it's been like a slow burn, like a little simmer where it's been, you know, I'll just drip something out or just mention it. Or I think the first time I publicly mentioned it was in my second interview with John Lee Dumas on his freedom series for his freedom journal. And he invited me back for part of that launch. And I mentioned it there, just kind of like dropped it there. And I put up a splash page back, I think it was April. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm just exploring it. You know, it's a conversation. And so I even took the dudes across the country back to D.C. so we could work with our same photographer from 2014 to do this photo shoot because I just, well, one, I wanted Deacon to still be little, baby, infant size. Whenever we did it, I needed him to be a certain size for eye candy and for our photo ops. But just because I knew that by having visuals, I would be inspired. Like I had a visual in my head of this contrast of like what it seems like it could be like. And then the reality and knowing that the truth is somewhere in between what we like to pretend like it's like where we're taking our selfies and everything's all good and clean and neat. And then the reality. So it's a conversation for now. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast to host the conversation because what I feel really passionate about is that there's no one right way to do this. There's no one right way to raise a successful person. There's no one right way to grow a successful business. And I think the more that we can just peel the curtain back to see how each person is doing it, this is how Nikki does it, this is how Morgan does it, this is how Denise does it, it's like a potluck of ideas, which I think actually, Morgan, this is the potluck of ideas. I think that was something that when I was talking to you, that's when that analogy first came out of my brain, because I was like, it's just, we're all bringing our dishes to the table. Like bring your best stuff, your favorite stuff to the table. Everybody line up, grab a plate and go down the line. And if it works for you, if it appeals to you, take that, try that. If it doesn't appeal to you, skip right over it. You know, like this is a no judgment zone. We are sharing what's working for us, sharing stories more than anything. I just want to share stuff that can't be Googled. You know, like, I just want to hear people's stories about When you know you were across Australia and then pumping, and then all of a sudden your flight's canceled and your milk spills everywhere, or you know, like all these (laughs) stories. That's the story that Christy shared. Just all these stories. I just want to hear the stories. Just give me all the stories, which again is exactly what started this in the first place, right? With stories from a screensaver and just connecting. In sharing that human experience, that's what people relate to. And I don't want to be the one to be like giving advice or anything like that. I don't want to position myself as the expert in how to build a business with kids. I just want to open up the discussion so that people can see how other people are doing it. And hopefully that makes life a little bit easier, more enjoyable, less lonely, more connected. That's where I'm going with it. It's kind of just an experiment.
1: I love it. I mean, the whole conversation I think is so powerful because we just want to know that it's possible. You know, we want to know that it's possible to raise little ones or even as they become big ones and it's possible to pursue like our dreams as entrepreneurs and business builders. And to know that even like on days when the house is a total mess or you forget a client call or like something, you know, just like, random things happen that it's normal and that it doesn't take away from who you are as a mother or who you are as, you know, an entrepreneur and that it's all okay. And it's all possible. Yeah. It is And it
0: can look so different. And that's why I want to have conversations. I'll end up doing some solo shows too. And we'll just kind of see once this goes live, like what people are interested in and what's really resonating, but I want to have stories from people of all different levels of business you know some are just starting some have been in for over 10 years and they're already at the eight figure mark in revenue and some are just starting like I really want to showcase that because I just feel like it's such a cool powerful time where so many women in particular are starting businesses or thinking about it and I just feel like a podcast like this would be so helpful to me at the time when I was starting out and comforting to me now three and a half years in you know I I feel like I'm hopeful that this is a conversation that so many of us will benefit from. And the bottom line threads are all about like getting support, knowing that it's a choice, like taking responsibility, getting support and knowing that it is possible. And it is about decisions and it is about choosing certain things over other certain things at given moments. But like in the big picture, when you zoom out and really look at the life that you want to create for yourself and for your family, the only limits are truly the ones that you decide to put on yourself. So the more we can just keep reminding each other, like, you know, pick yourself up at the end of the day, don't be so hard on yourself. I think we'll all be better off for that.
1: Awesome. Okay. We are wrapping up, but I do want to ask you one more question. What is your big why? You know, why do you feel like you have this drive to build a family while building a business? What keeps you going? It's
0: morphing and it's changing. And at the beginning, it was truly just out of a pure, I feel called to share my gift in a bigger way and to be of service in a bigger way. And then instantly I saw, wow, there are actual ramifications and that can actually change and impact the way that my family lives. And to me, it's the coolest full circle thing that my husband having to go and be away for seven months for training was what inspired me to choose that word faith, which is what inspired me to explore and ultimately start the business. And now it's the business that is ultimately enabling him to never have to go away again, unless he wants to because we're driving him crazy or something, you know, but like to me, I couldn't have written that story. If I tried, I couldn't have imagined that story if I tried, but to me it's that full circle and having enough faith to put yourself out there and to do something scary that you haven't ever done before and that you don't know how it's going to turn out. But knowing that it's worthwhile, that one decision has then opened up so many doors, so many friendships, so many new perspectives and ideas that I never would have had if I just kept myself playing small thinking, okay, paychecks of the heart. I'm never actually going to earn much money because we're a military family because we live out here. We're never going to be able to spend time on our own you know, and be able to just go on family vacations or whatever the case may be because this is just how our life is. I have now realized the power of choice and the creation that we can actually play a role in, you know, that I was just so passively accepting. And so to me, that's the biggest thing is now that I know what's possible, what's driving me is that I don't want to stop until I'm creating and really feeling like this is the life that we all want, you know, just creating it together. I don't know. To me, that's just the exciting, the potential of it and actually bringing that in like swinging. I'm visually like swinging a lasso around like, okay, this is what we want to create. How can we experience that today? What does that look like today? And it's an adventure, just like parenthood entrepreneurship is the ultimate personal development roller coaster but like that's what makes life interesting. So that's why I'm excited that I'm not the only one wild enough to go for it and I appreciate all of you who are having this conversation with me cuz we're learning as we go and that's all we can do.
1: Awesome. What a fantastic intro to The Buffet of Conversations. <laughs> out with this podcast. Yeah, grab a plate. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nikki, for being so open and candid on this interview and for being our host. Thank you for pulling all of us together. And I cannot wait to see the kind of inspiration and community and connections that come out of Naptime Empires. Thank you, friend. Thanks for
0: being part of it. And yes, we will link it up. There is so much goodness in store. The conversation is just beginning and I'm so glad you're here for it. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I meant priceless. rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind-the-scenes scoop, and, of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there.
1: See you next time. Thanks for listening.